0: Welcome to Level Up Grappling. This is your host, Ed, along with my co-host, Coach Brian. And um, this is episode number four. And today we're, we're going to be talking about concepts versus movements. But before we get started into that, uh, we'd like to just really thank all the support that we've been receiving on the Level Up Grappling podcast. Tons of, of positive feedback. Um, just a lot of great comments, especially about our guests, both um, Steve Silvers and Melissa Howder. And we thank them for being on our show. As well. And, you know, Coach Brian and I, we are excited to have the list of guests that we are trying to get on the show is extensive and powerful. And so we're really excited to try to get them on. Um, The other thing is, again, we're trying to level up your grappling. And so today we're going to be talking about, again, concepts and movements, um, what the differences are there. But again, huge, huge shout out to everybody um, following us on Instagram, following us, uh, on any of the podcasting platforms that we're on both Spotify, Apple, Google, you name it. Um, we're still growing. We're still learning as we go, but we can't thank you guys enough for the support. Um, and like we said, if you're not offended, you're probably not having enough fun with us. So, (laughs) (laughs) um, so yeah, thank you guys all very, very much. And so today we're again talking about concepts versus movements and what does that mean and how does that entail? So, that really kind of stemmed from both uh, my experience uh, in, in the grappling arts as well as some feedback that we've received from our listeners about talk, wanting to understand the difference between learning concepts versus movements. And I think to give you a personal story, when I first started uh, grappling, I mean, obviously, it was more or less uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And again, I was studying under a student who was under Joe Moreira at the time. Um, and really, it, it turned and then even when I was living in Korea doing Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, there at a small little school, very often it was always about a specific movement, meaning, you know, if you're in the guard, you're going to grab this and hold this and turn here and ABCDEFG one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10. It was like watching an episode of Sesame street. Um, and the problem was, is that when it came time to, you know, quote unquote roll, um, it was difficult because it's not like you're in that position constantly over and over to practice it. Yeah. You might spend 15, 20 minutes, X number of minutes per class learning that specific movement. But where, where I figured that it started to fail me was when I was in competition. Um, both comp I've competed both locally here in orange County. And I've also competed again and uh, said in the first episode that I competed while I was overseas in Korea. Um, and, It was interesting because I was always able to get into a, it always fails at the side mount. I would always be in the top position side mount and I couldn't do anything. I would try, Coach Brian's going to kill me for saying this, a Kimura or double wrist lock. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I would try it and it would fail because what, for whatever reason, I did not learn the technique or the movement properly enough. Um, I didn't learn something and something didn't click with me. And it was, it was difficult. I mean, not to mention that I was always in like the open class because of how heavy I am. <laughs> and so it's always the bigger guys, but, um, I just remember being in classes and always getting mixed up and in a sense, losing confidence and, or knowledge around what I'm supposed to be doing, especially during the, the rolling sessions per se, because I would, the movements had either one too many techniques involved. It was complicated, um, in a sense. Sometimes I felt like the instructor was trying to show off, and this is not to bash on any of my previous instructors. If it weren't for you guys, I wouldn't be here today. And so, but I, it's it's things that I've seen at other schools. It things that I've, that I've experienced myself. And so, I would say that my my breadth of grappling knowledge outside of experience was very limited. Um and the growth factor. And I think that's one of the other things that I hear a lot from other, you know, if I watch YouTube videos of people's journeys through jujitsu and all this, it's kind of like as a white belt, you know, it's tap, 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 tap over. And which actually side note, we we plan on doing an episode called uh, how many taps does it take to get the black belt. So Coach Brian and I will have that one soon enough. But really it's, you know, and then they say by at a certain moment for whatever reason. Thanks be to the jujitsu gods or the grappling gods, something clicks and it works, um, and you start to know what you need to do. But I think there's a more powerful way of learning, and I and I learned that and I experienced that when I came to PCI to learn underneath you, Coach Brian. Is it's not about the movement itself; it's not about the technique in it of itself. There's a concept to it, um, and so I remember when. Uh, I first, my, my first class, when I came in, you were telling me about, you know, pinning the joints. Um, what else was there the way that, you know, there's a reason why we put our hands or we, we stop, you know, a specific joint or a specific part of the opponent's body in a specific position, whether that's to feel something out, whether that's to, to stop them from something. But what happens is, is almost that that principle or the concept in and of itself gives the freedom of creativity to understand the movement better, in a sense. If I if I were to put it that way. So, um, so yeah. I mean, you know, today we're going to be talking about what is the difference between movements versus concepts.
1: Yeah, it's uh, quite a lot to unpack. <laughs> <laughs> And I'll tell you why I, I I think so many people and we've talked about this in previous podcasts um, you know we talked about it with Steve Silvers you know people get enamored with their own game so what ends up happening is they want to show slick moves and all these techniques and you know sometimes you have to be like you know some kind of like circus monkey with like 11 arms and legs to pull it off. And that's just not realistic. And so what ends up happening is because, you know, as much as people like to say, oh, leave your ego at the door, because this is such an ego driven um, sport or martial art that we see that we're involved in, these guys put their egos first there, like I said in previous podcasts, people teach their game instead of teaching actual concepts because they don't understand the concepts. And I think the breakdown is there's a lack of fundamental understanding from the high end, from the high level, to articulate it to the lower level. And so that's what ends up happening. It's just like it's very hard to have uh, a vertically integrated educational system if the keepers of the knowledge at the top don't understand the foundational concepts of what they're supposed to be teaching. What they're doing is Mm -hmm. they're teaching their interpretation based on their attributes and, and body types. Right? So let's look at an example that we get this from wrestling. It's a very common wrestling concept that what I see in jujitsu is pretty much ignored. And that's a saying called control the head, control the man or woman, but we'll use the generic term just because this is how I was always taught it. (laughs) Control the head, control the man, right? If you have head control, don't let go of head control. The head controls the whole body. Well, why, why does the head control the whole body? Because the head is attached to the spine. (laughs) <laughs> and once you have the spine you have the whole human and so one thing that we talk about a lot in class and you know you guys should be really perking up when i'm talking about this stuff because there's a lot of free information uh compared to what i charged to train with me so this is free classes right here <laughs> so if you're not getting this <laughs> sorry for you man you're missing out. Um. We talk a lot about a concept called, you know, spinal alignment and how, when we're in the attack mode, how we are disrupting spinal alignment, Mm -hmm. you know, or in certain positions, we want to create spinal alignment so that like for in the back, right? The back is back mounts inverse compared to the front in terms of what we're doing. So when we have back mount, we're looking to create spinal alignment because I want to be spine to spine with my opponent. So I can keep them squared so I can attack their neck, All right? There's a reason why I don't teach arm bars, what they call arm bars, which is like this swiveling joint lock. Chris Howder always taught me, why would you do something that takes you off the top position? Makes no sense. So um, I don't teach, I, I want you wrestling up and wrestling out. The concept of wrestling out of a position, Instead of trying to just monkey around in the position and grab something, grab a sleeve, grab a collar, you know, pull on somebody's neck to try and submit them in it from a bad position. Stop doing that. Find the concept. Why are you there? Like here, here's, here's something you need to understand. If you are in, let's say, Ed, let's talk about your position that you got stuck in, right? You're in that cross sides position from the top. Mm -hmm. here's something that people fundamentally do, which I find to be incredibly incorrect. It's not philosophically sound, but they do it anyways. They do this head and arm hug from the top cross side position. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you don't just, you can watch any jujitsu match and see when they go into cross sides, how they're hugging, they put, it's a head and arm hug and they're sitting there. There's no pressure on the guy. It's dumb. So why are you doing that? You can't attack them when you do that. The person may or may not be able to get out, but if they're in that position, they can just sit and chill until you move, and then they'll move. So the concept from the cross sides is incorrect or lacking to begin with because you grab that head and arm hug. Mm -hmm. So we have Techniques, right? We have, we employ the concepts and we say, okay, well, what do I need to do? What do I fundamentally need to do conceptually in order to maintain a pin? This is also why I talk about why it's so important to have pins, to teach pins and learn how to pin somebody. Why? Well, how about I learn how to like dominate somebody from the top position? Doesn't mean that it has to be the end of the match, but I want to keep you in that bottom position as long as I want. I don't want it to be a guessing game. I want to keep you pinned. Well, okay. One thing I have to do is I have to make sure I'm, a- I'm able to reduce your head movement. I don't want your head to swivel. Okay. okay. You following me so far? Mm-hmm. So I don't want your head to swivel. So what am I going to do? I'm going to pin your head and your jaw is going to one side of the mat. Either your jaw is facing away from me or it's facing towards me. Now, here's the next part of this concept. When the jaw is facing a particular direction, whatever direction the jaw is facing, the opponent's knees are going to go in the opposite direction. Mm. That is a concept right there that is sorely lacking in sport jiu-jitsu. How to disrupt that.
0: Yeah, I feel the way that, in a sense, what I'm picking up and what I learned, uh, if I were to articulate or verbalize it, is concepts are the why. Movements are the what, right? And so, to your point exactly, it's like yeah, I get into side. I'm I'm on the top position, side quote unquote control, mm-hmm. and my arms are basically giving this diagonal hug to to my opponent. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing is secured, nothing is pinned, and now in hindsight, when I think about it, it's like yeah, for as much as 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 heavy as I was, and as heavy as the guy was. And we're putting – I'm trying to put as much, quote, unquote, gravity pressure on him and hugging him, um, again, like you were saying, again, behind the head and really through the armpits, right, Mm -hmm. that I didn't have anything that I could do, again, because I messed up the technique in and of itself for the movement. But I also, if, if now that I think about it, left him a ton of room. Nothing was secured. Nothing was aligned or misaligned or anything of that sort. It was just, we were just lying there taking a nap.
1: <laughs> yeah, basically, it's, 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 a, it's a resting position for both, both parties. And, you know, it's funny, when you are stuck like that, then everybody starts to panic. Well, what do I do? What, what is he going to do? Or I'm going to try and mount with this cross-eyed head and arm. Okay, well, Why? The person's not secure. Plus, I guarantee you, 99.9% of the time you're in that position, you're on your knees. How often oh, yeah. are you on your toes driving your hips through? Probably none.
0: That was a whole new concept for me. When, like, when I got to PCI, I I had no wrestling background. In fact, one day I'll tell my story about how what happened when I tried out for the high school wrestling team. But um, <laughs> I had no idea about toes. Yeah, I was on my knees. Basically, it was just like, squeeze the guy in. And towards my knees and just lie down on top of them.
1: Yeah. You know, here's, a, here's, a, here's another concept, right? If you're in the top position, use gravity. That means stay off your knees. Have, you know, a position where you are driving your weight into that person. Okay? So, conceptually, here's what you need to think about from the bottom, When you are on the bottom, you have two opponents. If you're in a tournament, it's three. Always remember the referee is your opponent. Unless you're submitting, like fiercely submitting your opponent, trust me, there's a very good chance the referee is friends with somebody else's teacher, friends with an opposing team. Uh, They don't like you for whatever reason, and they will score against you. I've seen it time and time again. So if you're in a tournament, always consider the referee as one of your other opponents. So moving the referee out of the, out of the equation, let's say it's just some general role or whatever. You have two opponents when you're on the bottom, you have the person you're the, the, the person in front of you or on the side of you, right? Who has their technique. So that's one opponent. Opponent number two is gravity. You are fighting gravity. So you're always down 50%. It's not a neutral position when you are on the bottom. I'm sorry to burst the bubble of all these guard players. I play the guard. I play the guard to get on top. I don't play the guard to sit there and try and do some silly, you know, submission or some type of whirly twirly sweep or something like that. That's going to punch me. I can get punched in the face. Mm -hmm. If you're not thinking conceptually, can this get me hurt? You're making a big mistake. You need to visualize and keep in mind, can this person hit me from what I'm doing? I'm on the bottom. Can this person hit me? Can they hurt me? Don't just think, oh, they passed my guard like this. I'm going to twirl underneath their leg now, and I'm going to get them in this barambolo sweep. No. Try that with me. I'm going to smack the shit out of you. (laughs) I don't even have to go that far. All I have to do is take your foot and pin it to the mat. And guess what? You're not doing a really twirly. It's really that simple guys. You don't want somebody to turn. You don't want them to invert, take their ankle and pin it to the floor. It's that simple. Here's a concept for you guys. Stop conceding and agreeing to positions. Be disagreeable. You should not agree to a position. If somebody is in the in your guard, why are you trying so hard to keep them there? Wrestle out, wrestle up. These are our tenants here, where we were where we train what we do. Because we're looking at it overall as a fight. The whole
0: disagree thing Mm -hmm. was definitely something that I struggled with and I think I still do struggle with (laughs) um, because it was like, again, it was was very, uh, in a sense, programming where if A happens, then you respond with B. And then if C happens, you respond with E or F. Mm -hmm. And it's just an if, then, if, then, if, then. And so even in that sense, there's a sense of agree, agreeableness to what you're supposed to be doing. Right. And I feel like whether there is a counter for, you know, whatever, whatever the movement is, is that it's always been taught, at least to me, like, okay, if they do this, you know, if they grab your arm here, you're going to do this A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And again, it's kind of like, you end up you end up falling into this whole trap, I think, of, you know, let's just call it Instagram jujitsu. Yeah. Where you're scrolling through Instagram and someone puts up a, you know, a short video of what to do in this case, or here's here's a new sweep, or here's a new guard, or here's a new pass, and here's a new this. But it's just like, again, conceptually, what is what is all of that doing? I think the only concept that you'll get out of it is like, okay, if they're showing a new sweep, the concept is here's a sweep. Mm-hmm. but there's no principles involved in that concept. Right. And I think that's kind of to what you're saying is like there, the, these concepts of there's a theoretical concept, right? Don't, don't agree to the position, be disagreeable. Um, you know, wrestle out, wrestle up, right? Um, these are theoretical concepts in how we should be thinking In these positions, how we should be thinking in tournaments, how we should be thinking in order to, again, I guess, in a sense, reprogram ourselves to not think of an if then situation, rather, this is what I am going to do. (laughs) And this, that I struggled with that. I remember my first few classes where, uh, you know, I'm thinking that I'm supposed to do something. There's almost this natural inclination for me, like, okay, I'm in this guy's guard. Here's what I naturally need to do, you know. He's on the bottom. I'm in his guard. Naturally, the next step for me is to tuck my elbows into his into his inner thighs and then step back, lift up the leg and pass the guard. Mm-hmm. But it's like, okay, that's the agreeable thing. But to to your point, I'm gonna disagree. I'm gonna disc- I'm not gonna let you do that. There's no reason for you to do that because I'm gonna stay right here and I'm gonna figure out a different way. Because my goal, let's just say, in in our case is yeah, I'm gonna to get to the top. Yeah. I'm gonna to get to the top position. Yeah, and so it's it's if you're gonna get out of my guard, you know what I I would say ninety percent of people out there are thinking, okay, this guy's gonna to try to pass the guard. Okay, so he passes a guard, he gets out of my guard, and now what's he gonna do? You know, what am I gonna do? I'm am I supposed to lie there on my back waiting for him? You know, mm-hmm. again, just doing this whole like roly poly thing on my back, or do I just stand up? <laughs> You got out of my guard. I don't, don't, (laughs) I'm going to stand up, you know, like just the fact that in, in class, the first class that I took, when you, when you guys were talking about getting it passing the guard or getting out of the guard and then the person on the bottom just stands up like I was stupid and simple as that sounds. I was like, Holy cow. What am I supposed to do? (laughs) Yeah. Are we really starting over?
1: (laughs) Well, you, you know, here, here's, uh here's a little visual to that point. And this just happened recently. Uh, most of these people listening to this podcast have heard of the Gracie family, right? So one of the, uh, what second generation, no, I guess third generation, Gracie crone, Gracie, son of Hickson had a fight recently Mm -hmm. beginning of May. And, uh, You know, he was going on and on before the fight saying how he's made all these improvements. He's going to beat everybody's ass, blah, 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 blah. It was one of the worst fights I've ever seen in my life. It was so bad. (laughs) He's just butt scooting, trying to kick the guy. No stand-up technique whatsoever. And he kept trying to jump guard, trying to jump close guard and pull the guy to the ground. And the guy he's fighting, a guy named Charles Jordan. uh, Forgive me, Charles, if I'm pronouncing your last name incorrectly. I think he's a Canadian guy or something. Charles Jordan, 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 something like that. Anyways. So turns out, unfortunately for Crone Gracie, Charles Jordan was also a a black belt and an MMA fighter and understands how to get out of something from the bottom, you know, Mm -hmm. when we're on the ground. So every time Crone Gracie pulled guard to the ground, which why would you do that? He literally jumped on him and Start pulling to the ground, the dude would just stand up, stand up, pack out, start standing again. Remember, guys, here's a concept start standing or stay home. All fights, 100% of fights, start from the stand up position. If you are not training stand up, stand up grappling, even if you don't train a single day of striking in your life, if you don't have, in the very least, an equal component at your school of stand up, Grappling, switch schools. Now, if everybody listen to me, ninety nine percent of the people training will be coming and flooding PCI tomorrow because really, and the reality is, is nobody trains stand up. They don't. Mm-hmm. You go to every school; nobody knows how to wrestle. Everybody pulls guard. It's just, it's obnoxious as all else. But how do how do you grapple from standing? Well, first thing you have to know how to do is have proper posture. And how to hand fight. Notice I didn't say forearm fight or wrist fight. I said hand fight. Your hands need to be grabbing somebody else's hands and start manipulating their joints so that you can get them off-centered, <laughs> off-balance, and get them to the ground. Yep. Okay? So how we enter are our movements in getting to throw somebody to the ground or taking them down. There's concepts behind that. How are you manipulating your hips? How are you, you know? When I was training with Billy Robinson, it was always focus on that heel to toe. Stay. You're starting. You start stand square, shoulder width apart. Move one foot back, heel to toe. Tuck your hips, elbows in. There's your there's your concept of how you are standing for a grappling fight. For any match, I mean, you could keep that exact same that exact same position when you're striking. MMA, grappling, whatever. That's your that's your position. How how many people are conceptually tucking their hips if they're in, stuck in somebody's closed guard? Look, if somebody opens their legs, if it's open guard, stand up. How many people are doing that? Stand up and back out. Why are you not following that principle? Then principle we have at the school. Again, Billy Robinson technique, a Billy Robinson philosophy, I should say, pin the closest joint. Whatever is the closest joint to you, pin it. You want to learn how to do it? Come to class. It's really that PCI simple. You just Mission Viejo, California. Yeah. Come to class. <laughs> Look, man, I do distance learning. I do privates. I there's, there's no barrier to working with me unless you are training with like some kind of weirdo cult or scumbag that I don't like. Or, <laughs> and I say, no, you can't train with me because you're with some scumbag but that's few and far between. Outside of that, there's no reason why you and I can't have a conversation and get you set up properly in terms of learning the concepts. If you're stuck in somebody's clothes guard, are your hips tucked? Did you tuck your hips? Do you know how many people were like, huh? What do you mean tuck my hips? That is a class in and of itself. I can't tell you conceptually how many times conceptually I have to go over somebody. Here's how you're going to tuck your hips or here's how I'm going to wrap my knees in the closed guard around their hips. Cause what am I trying to do? I'm trying to shut their hips down from rotation. That's a concept that is not taught at all. How do you stop hip rotation from the closed guard? Mm-hmm. Right. So that's mm-hmm. something that I like to lead with, you know, obviously, you know, we're working on that, you know, Because we do one position at a time, we got one position this month, another position next month. So when we're in that position, that's one of the things that we're talking about, right? How am I? That's really,
0: uh, and that's really how your curriculum functions, though. Is that again every year it's the same, same twelve things every year cycled through, because it's not the movement that's being taught; it's the concept that's being taught, and. I think we've talked about this before, I think with Steve Silvers about, and and really with Melissa Howder about the value of a good coach, a good teacher, you know, a good, for lack of a better term in jujitsu, professor, whatever Mm. we want to call ourselves, uh, is under them being able to, like you said in the beginning of the episode, them being able to pass that on to you, to get them, get you to understand because you can only say it so many times show it so many times you know et etc cetera, etc cetera, until the student picks it up but um my question would be to transition from that is as you're learning these concepts mm-hmm. when so you know you teach it in positions yeah one position a month every concept is the same But how does concepts move into or transition into or follow or relate to movement? Okay.
1: That's a good question. So I think what we have to understand is the why. You know, Mm -hmm. if you look at like, uh, I remember when I used to do these little reports when I was a kid. And like, do it like a newspaper person. Who, what, when, where, why, how right mm-hmm. so you have to know that style of of asking questions in under in answering questions who what when where why how okay so who would be the, you or the opponent right offense or defense what when where why how we have to delineate that whole thing largely what ends up happening is because there's such a lack of academic study on the mat you just get a bunch of athletes just teaching their moves right so Mm -hmm. Going to what you're saying, so to kind of further dive off onto what you were saying, we have a concept such as control the head, control the man, okay? And we have another concept called, you know, as an example, if I'm in the mount, the top mount position, take the head off the center line. Well, why am I taking the head off the center line? Because if I take the head off the center line, you can't buck me off why am I anchoring my hips and anchoring my head the other way? So why do I have a diagonal mount instead of doing the traditional mount that people do? Because I don't want to get rolled. So the way I set up the mount and the way I teach the mount is in a way where you're like seat belted on the opponent where you're so heavy. And then once you take the head off the center line, it disables them from moving. So essentially they're like a deer in the headlights. So that's how we go from the concept to the technique. And we, then we start to refine the movement within the technique. Now, another thing that I I believe in conceptually is if it takes you more than three or four steps max to get it done, it's probably a bad technique because there is nothing that I need to teach that would take more than three or four steps to get the job done, to basically get a joint under control which is essentially all we're doing, right? Mm-hmm. What, what, what is my goal? In the top position, this is like, I want to dominate you. The concept is domination, physical domination. Whether or not I'm submitting you is another story, but I want physical domination. If we take a look at, we look back at the, you know, the career of Khabib Nurmagomedov, right? He didn't submit everybody, but he was physically dominant on top. Why are these Dagestani guys and Chechens so powerful in the top position? Cause they train the way we train. It's like identical, mm-hmm. very heavy pressure in the top position, right? If you're stuck on the bottom for whatever reason, acknowledge you made a mistake and wrestle out to wrestle up. And then we have the techniques that will get us there that match the concept, right? So we have to start the concept and then we go, okay, well, how am I going to match? How am I going to match this concept to the technique? okay, well, I need to take the, if I'm in the mount, I need to take the head off the center line. So how do I take my head off the center? How do I take the opponent's head off the center line? these people say, well, how do I do that? Come to class. Well, let's say you're not in class. (laughs) Get their ear to their shoulder. Pin their ear to the shoulder on one side. And yes, there's techniques in terms of how we do it, right? The technique expresses the concept you think about mm-hmm. it that's what we're doing the technique is the expression of the concept the physical expression of the concept and then what we're doing with that technique is we're refining the movement through drilling and we have two stages of drilling we have static drilling and then dynamic drilling so static would mean without resistance opponent without resistance dynamic would mean an opponent with resistance does it have to be done 100 to get it right absolutely not what you need is repetition. This is why the um retention rate in jujitsu is so low. There's no repetition. Mm. And they're and they're just teaching random moves. The way I teach, you can go to any wrestling room in the country and it's they teach the exact same way. Look at boxing. Let's look at boxing for a minute. Let's switch let's switch combat arts. There's a handful of punches in boxing, right? You got your jab, your, your cross, you got a hook, you got an uppercut. It's like four or five punches, whatever. doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. People say, oh, there's variations. Fine, the variation, whatever. It doesn't matter. You have two arms. You can use your left arm or your right arm, and you're going to throw a punch. It's going at the opponent. And so either it's going in a straight line or it's going in some kind of curve. Okay? You can teach somebody the boxing throws relatively quickly. In an hour, you can have them getting it, right? Mm-hmm. In under an hour, I can teach anybody basics of boxing. And in under an hour, I can teach anybody the basics of kickboxing. Now, what do you do with it? Just because you learned the basics doesn't mean you have it mastered. You learned the concepts. Now, how do we get good? We master the concepts through repetition, there is not a boxing gym on the planet where these guys are not throwing jabs thousands upon thousands upon thousands of times. Jab, cross, jab, cross, hook, jab, cross, hook, uppercut, over and over and over and over again. Step, jab, cross, step, jab, jab, cross. Dude, this is what it is. It's only in jujitsu where it's it's so, um, gosh, in a sense, emotionally immature. Where nobody wants oh, to, nobody wants to drill. Nobody wants to repeat. They just want to be all artsy fartsy, and they just want to play play fight. They want to patty cake, roll around. They want they're there to socialize. They're not there to really train for combat. Mm-hmm. Go to any wrestling room, okay? You got your double leg, your single leg. You got you got a handful of moves, right? There's some there's some college wrestling rooms. Whether you guys know this or not. They, there's some techniques they teach, some techniques they don't teach, because these coaches they go, okay, well, this is the style. Here's the takedowns that we use. They have the general takedowns, or they have these general control points, but they're just drilling it over and over and over again. So in a three-hour practice, you're maybe drilling the same four things for three hours. And guess what? You're going to do it tomorrow. You're going to do the next day. You can do the next day. You're going to go do a tournament. Maybe you lose five of your matches out of six. You go back. And you start drilling these things over and over and over and over again. So in jujitsu, we don't have these, this concept of intense drilling of technique, which is the expression, the physical expression of concept, because they don't have the concepts to begin with. They just go, oh, I learned this move from my professor. I learned this move so-and-so on YouTube. Let's show this tonight. Why? It makes no sense to me. It's just like, do you know how to, first of all, okay, never mind the stuff on the ground. Let's just say, start standing because every fight starts standing. Do you know how to get your hips inside? Do you know how to hand fight? Do you know how to control somebody? Do you know a proper collar tie? I can tell you sure as shit, most people don't know a collar tie if it bit them in the ass. (sighs) How do I know? Because I've been enough places to know that nobody knows what a collar tie is. And if they say, oh, I know a collar tie. No, you don't. I'm telling you, you don't know a collar tie. Because when I collar tie you, everybody's eyes open and go, oh, shit. Why is my <laughs> ear pointed to the, to the sky? And why is my jaw ripped to the other way? Why is your elbow punching me in the chest? Um, that's a collar tie. You know, they just have <clears> no <throat> understanding of the concepts of what is a collar tie? Or what is a front headlock? Or what is a proper chin strap? Why are you doing a chin strap again? It's spinal manipulation. Why are you manipulating the spine in that way? Where do I need to go next? Because chiropractor, the, the, yeah, the art <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then your artistry, exactly. The artistry now comes into once you have the concepts and you build the technique off the concepts. That's when you become the artist. Because what I always what I always say in class, I don't care how you guys finish somebody. Get the concepts down. Get the technique down. We're going to drill the shit out of this. Once you isolate, right, if people don't know what PCI stands for, it's called pin control isolate. I call it jiu-jitsu because that's what everybody knows. That's where my name, the name is. Pin control isolate came from Billy Robinson. So my dedication to Billy Robinson and Chris Howder is I had to blend the two together so I can't call it catch jitsu, Right. It's PCI jiu-jitsu. Hey,
0: it's catchy.
1: Yeah, but it's it's pin control <laughs> isolate jiu-jitsu, yeah, yeah. which is it's catch wrestling. It's a jiu-jitsu catch wrestling is what it is, right? So mm-hmm. there's things conceptually we need to understand how the guard works. But once you understand how the guard works, it shouldn't take that much time to bust it and and mm-hmm. defeat it. I have a I have a guy that trains with me, and this is really funny he has never stepped foot on the mat with me he only does things over the phone he only trains with me over the phone now mind you the guy's very intelligent um, very well educated very successful in his field okay but the reason why i say this is because he can understand the concepts so well that I tell him over the phone that he goes and he, he's a white belt, and he' just beats the shit out of purple belts at the gyms that he goes to <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, man, they can't take me down; they can pull me into their guard. they couldn't break my my posture, you know, so it's like, yeah, and like I said, the guy we have our regular lessons that we do over the phone, right, I walk him through mm-hmm. almost like uh." like a therapist, like a psychotherapist or something, (laughs) but it works. And he gets so excited. Ah, coach, you're never going to believe this. Guess what happened? Blah, blah, blah. Like, cool, man. You know, I love that. It makes me really happy to hear that the concepts, if you can understand the concepts, you can go far. You can develop the technique and repetition. Like, number one, pin. this is Billy Robinson. This is not me. I didn't invent this. Pin the closest joint. Whatever joint you're closest to, pin it. Then move up the ladder. Move up the human joint ladder. until you get to the hips if you're in that position. Shut the hips down. Then eventually you get yourself to the head. That's the king. The king of all grappling techniques, I don't care what anybody says, is manipulation of the head and the neck. Mm-hmm. Once you have that and you understand the concept of how to manipulate that, you're, you're golden. Then you'll grow because here's the thing. Here's the little, here's the dirty little secret guys. If you get my, get the concepts down, let's say you're training with me or wherever you're getting the concepts down. You start to build the technique. Your brain will pick it up faster than your body will. But the exciting thing about that is because you will have a root understanding psychologically and intellectually of what you're supposed to be doing and why your your body will catch up at a much more rapid rate than if you're going to one of these other schools and you're just learning a random technique and you see it again a year later and you just start rolling. Because you have no concept of what you're doing. You have no clue. Yeah. Because so when I ask people, why did you do that? Oh, I don't know. Because my coach told me to. Well, why did he tell you to do that? <laughs> I don't know, because that was a technique he learned from so, 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 and so. You know, some... Jiu jitsu legend, or like, yeah, no, whatever. People are so attribute based and and athletic based, they don't understand that that literally negates concepts. It's one or the other. Either you're going concepts, you focus on the concepts, you focus on the mechanics, the mechanics of the technique will lead you to your success, or you're completely flying by the seat of your pants and you're just all attribute based,
0: which is what I was originally doing. It's just move, 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 no under, no, no mental understanding of what I was doing. Yeah. The moves, I mean, physically it's easy to pick up. It's like, again, with my martial arts background in Taekwondo, you teach me a form or a kata. Yeah, I'll pick it up in like five minutes. No problem. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause it's, it's like, okay, I know the movement. I know how to punch. I know how to kick. I know what type of kick. I know how to do the type of kick. All you're doing is putting in a sequence much rather than why am I doing this? For yeah. what purpose am I doing this? And so my next question would be, how can how can students know or how can practitioners know at their school, wherever they're, you know, besides from coming quitting and coming and training with us, how do they know whether they're learning a concept or a movement?
1: Well it comes down to the fundamental understanding of why are you doing what you're doing? Everything everything ultimately comes down to some form of technique and movement, right? But what got you there? Why are you where you are? So that's where you have to have a little bit more of a existential understanding of, of, of your, your development, your combat, right? So Mm -hmm. it's not that it's concepts or techniques or moves. It's not what it is. The concept needs to be the root of the technique, If it's not, you're lost. Like, Mm -hmm. do you understand? Like, here's a perfect example. We have white belts at our school that have, regardless of where their bodies are in terms of their mechanical ability to express the technique, we have white belts at our school that can look at a fight or look at a match and tell you fundamentally what was incorrect. Mm Mm-hmm. Or say, this was wrong. The placement was wrong. Why didn't they come under the hip? Why didn't they turn the head this way? Because they understood conceptually what needed to happen. And they're looking at high-level matches and like, these guys are just, you know, just looks like Cir- circus, Cirque de Soleil, right?
0: Yeah, Cirque de Soleil. <laughs>
1: they're just hopping around all over the place, which is cool. It's cool. It's like, it's become capoeira, you know? It's very choreographed. And I don't have a hmm. problem with it just for the sense of entertainment. But don't look at it as, well, this is, this is like some type of combat. The minute mm-hmm. you go, oh, I'm just going to touch this guy's fingers and then I'm going to sit on my ass. Well, right, there, right then and there, you are, in my opinion, fundamentally unsound because you've never been clearly never been hit in the face. And I have. <laughs> Lots of times. <laughs> You know, I had, I, I, I I kind of basically told this story before I've had a lot of kickboxing matches and, you know, pre MMA, MMA matches, pancreation style and whatnot. And, um, I've been knocked out before I've been striking. I've been doing striking arts longer than I have grappling arts. Okay. I am very, very skeptical of showing students stuff that i know for a fact that if somebody was hitting them it would just totally take them out Mm. i'm very skeptical of doing that kind of stuff now if you ask me hey can you show me how to do xyz move that these sport jiu-jitsu people are doing yeah i'll show it to you Mm -hmm. now you know it now here's why you wouldn't do it so don't do it (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know there's like the there's levels to it If if there's somebody that like is is completely out of, out of like a fish out of water compared to you and you have complete domination. You do want to do some fancy trick just for the hell of it. Go ahead. That's cool. That's when you experiment when somebody's that much lower than you technically. But if somebody's in the very least, even in the ballpark with you, technically, you better be very mindful of conceptually what you need to do. And then find the techniques in your tool bag to fit the concept. Like wrestle out and wrestle up. Mm -hmm. So those are the concepts. If If I'm stuck on the bottom position, I need to wrestle out of the position and wrestle up. Why am I wrestling up? So I can get in the top position. So then depending on the position that I'm in, what techniques do I have? What techniques have I learned to wrestle out of the position, number one? then to wrestle up to the position that I need to be in number two. So that's what people should be asking themselves. Like, do I have concepts down? Do I know why I'm doing what I'm doing? Or am I just mimicking somebody, you know, that wants to show me some cool technique and just take my money, string me along. But most people have no, most instructors don't have idea, concepts of they, they don't have the concepts down. That's what Mm -hmm. I've noticed. They teach random moves.
0: Yeah. No, I think. um, What was I going to say? It's like I feel that when again, let's just use. I'm I'm going to use sweeps or specific ways of passing the guard. um, Specific, you know, submissions per se. Is that? I feel that people because they don't understand the concept, they don't understand what they are trying to do and why they are trying to do it. Mm -hmm. It's literally almost like throwing spaghetti and seeing what sticks, right? Because they have this, yeah, they have this tool bag of, let's just say, um, of techniques of movements. And so they will throw whatever and see if it doesn't work. Oh, pull another one out. Oh, that didn't work. Pull another one out. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's all that they do. And then what happens, like in my case, is that that's what I was doing. And I would find myself in a worse and worse position, whether somebody is putting more weight on me, Mm -hmm. you know, if I'm on my back, somebody's putting more weight on me, I get into a panic state, you know, like, for example, you know, practicing with you Mm -hmm. the first couple classes, you would put what you would probably consider slight pressure onto me. Yeah. And I go boom right into panic, and I'm trying to I'm trying to do whatever I can to get out of it. You know this did not work. Okay, try this. This did not work. Try this. Okay, all else fails. Turtle, <laughs> rotate and turtle, yeah. <laughs> and don't move. And yeah, you've got another movement for that. You got another concept around what happens if somebody turtles. Yeah, you're already in the position that you want to be in. Right. You already and then now you're expressing the techniques through it. Yeah. Versus me, which I was again, I have you know a limit. I have a basic mechanics toolkit. <laughs> In my harbor freight five dollar bag, and I'm throwing whatever I can and hoping that if it breaks that the lifetime guarantee will replace the tool for me, but it doesn't <laughs> so, But I think to your point about understanding why we're doing things right? So like I remember when it it first started to click with me around wrestle, um wrestle out, and wrestle up, right? Um For me, that was like, oh. This is new because it's something so simple to understand. Yeah, it's difficult probably in in the moment in tournaments and all this and that, but it is a strategy. It is a technique in in, in and of itself, a concept Mm -hmm. that we are trying simply, I'm going to get out of this position and I'm going to get up to where I want and need to be Mm -hmm. to know that I'm where I'm going to have my advantage. Yes. Versus... Oh, I'm in this position. Okay. I'm going to put my knee here, put my arm here, put my hand here, grab the gi and grab the collar here, grab this here. And now I'm set. Now I can find it. Oh, great. He's got my arm.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Because exactly to your point. Exactly. It's like, why are you doing what you're doing? You know, I, I've been to seminars and I've mentioned this before. I had to have, I've been to seminars for these guys, world champions, 17 steps later. I still don't know what the move is. (laughs) where <laughs> they show it. I'm like, wait, why am I doing that? Why, how are we getting there? And, and then the variations
0: of that too. Variations. <laughs> and
1: I was just like, okay, show me the entry. And you'd be surprised how many people get stuck when you ask them, how do you get there to begin with? Don't just show me the move out of context. Show me the entry. How to get, how did you get there? How'd you get in there? Why are you going in? Why are you entering like that? Why are you doing this? They have no answer. Well, I, I do it because I think it's cool. I think it's fun. No, that's not a good answer. When I hear somebody say that to me, it means that they've never been hit in the face. And I'll keep saying that over and over and over again. But you, even if you're not practicing, not that you have to practice striking arts at your school. I'm not saying that. I'm not even necessarily advocating for that because people get out of control. It's hard to control that. But if you don't understand where strikes can be coming from if you're stuck on the ground, you're going to put yourself in a very bad position. You have the potential. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but there's no, let's look at law enforcement. Okay. There's a lot, the law enforcement, unfortunately, and I appreciate every person, every man and woman that has served, law enforcement, military, I, I respect you all tremendously but you're not being taught concepts in terms of, you know, disabling an opponent or disabling a perpetrator. You're not, I see it, but I will tell you this. There isn't a single law enforcement Academy across this country. That's going to say, Hey, when you have a perp with a knife or he's high on PCP jump guard and pull him to the ground. Nope. Are you out of your fucking mind? (laughs) What jump guard? What? You know, and so I know, I remember when, when we had Steve Silvers on, he was saying like, yeah, you know, you you can, you can basically what he was saying in a nutshell is compartmentalize your training. So if you're going to do something for a tournament, this is how you train for a tournament, this is how you train for the street, this is how you train for an MMA fight, whatever. Yeah, you can do that. But there's certain things that fundamentally it's just like, if you reduce it down to what is most important conceptually. Is Chris Howder's principles. Number one, be the person on top. (laughs) Okay. Number two, win on top, stay on top. Number three, have a guard you shall not pass. Number four, always remember rule number one, don't be seduced by the lazy, rewarding nature of the guard. How did that become, how did that become rewarding? Because of sport jiu-jitsu, because of the modification of rules, because there's no more threat of a takedown or a pin. There's no threat of violence. There's no threat of a strike. Therefore, you can sit on your back and goof around all you want and worm guard or do whatever. And nobody's going to, you know, spread your legs and do all this. And it's just like, what? What are you doing, man? I mean, it's just, this is, this is bad. It's really bad. This is how it gets watered down. There's no concepts. The concepts should be based on Safety. This is a combat. These are combat arts. This should be based on combat. Right? So if it's based on combat, it's not a pillow fight. Yeah. Okay? It's not like, okay, we have, you and me have a couple of, you know, goose feather pillows and we're whacking each other in the head, you know, in our pajamas, (laughs) like, you know, and then, yeah, this is our fight. No, bullshit. What does it mean to be hit in the face? What does it mean to be kicked in the legs? What does it mean to be stabbed or shot or hit in the head with a bottle? What does it mean? How do you defend yourself? How do you protect yourself? If you're, if you're a, you know, a, a, a woman walking to your car alone at night, and please don't do this. Always use the buddy system. I said, when I used to teach, um, these seminars in Vegas I always tell ladies use the buddy system if you don't have a buddy to use the buddy system with then you better be super prepared at all times I don't Mm -hmm. care where you live we are here in beautiful South Orange County California is I love it here but I would tell every woman I respect all women be prepared because anything could happen Mm -hmm. you know and you need to know what are what are your fundamental risks, what are the concepts that are going to actually save you? Guess what pepper spray doesn't work sorry,
0: you will get it on yourself yeah
1: <laughs> <Simply> <laughs> don't yeah, jump guard on, people the
0: wind ch- yeah the the wind changes directions, you're the one that's going to get it, yeah, and then what so makes sure. you even more vulnerable yeah so so
1: the reality is when we find the concepts and. You're always available to come to class. Come on down. We'll teach you the concepts. Once you start to understand the concepts, you will find the techniques that match the concepts. So that's all we're doing is we're developing the techniques and movements that most closely represent the concepts for efficiency and dominance. Nothing else. You know, I look at the, you know, to use a NFL football idea, right? Or history, so to speak. Pittsburgh Steelers of the 1970s, right? Very dominant team. Win ugly. Don't matter how you win, just win, right? Run that ball. Just win ugly, man. I don't care. I tell the students all the time, win ugly. I don't care. You know, it's just like, okay, well, you can do a flying arm bar into an Plata, And <laughs> so... <laughs> What does that have to do with anything? You got on top of the yeah. person, you smash them, and you rip their head off. That's what I care about. I want yeah. a, I want a good old fashioned smash. Beat them. Demoralize your opponent. Dominate them.
0: And to learn more on how to do that, check out pcijujitsu dot com. <laughs> <laughs> Level of grappling, the official podcast of PCI Jiu-Jitsu. We're down here in Mission Viejo. We'd love to. We invite all everybody to come in and train with us. Um, and yeah, we, we said it in episode one, we are very particular, uh, in a sense about who coach Brian will accept into the program, but everybody is invited to come down, check us out, take a class, see what we're all about. And as we jokingly say, get that first shin ride and see whether or not you qualify. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Come for the pain, leave with a smile. And don't forget mallardcreativellc.com for all your marketing and business needs.
0: Uh, you're too kind, sir. Too kind. And uh, we are, but, uh, yeah.
1: and, and, you know, I should say this. I don't know why we don't put this on the podcast. So we're actually brand ambassadors for Sanibel Sports. So if you head over to sanibolesports.com forward slash PCI Jiu Jitsu, you can actually get 10% off every time you order from Sanibel Sports. If for some reason our discount code does not automatically pop up on checkout, just put in PCI Jiu Jitsu on checkout to always get, like I said, a 10% off discount for everything that you get. It's not a one-time code. This is a perpetual code. We are brand ambassadors for Sanibel Sports. So come support Sanibel Sports. Love their equipment. Love their gear. Support the school. wwwsanibelsportscom forward slash PCI Jiu Jitsu. And uh, with that, Ed, this was awesome. Thank you, sir. Thank you. And I guess we'll see everybody next time.
0: Thanks, everyone. Have a good one.